Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for December 9th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers, ladies and gentlemen. Man, incredible stuff last hour with Brian Russ, RussCoinandGift.com. Wow, over the past 50 years, Russ Coin has been doing a phenomenal job to help you get constitutional currency in your portfolio. RussCoinandGift.com. We simply call it the Honest Money Report. Cryptocurrency, ladies and gentlemen, at the helm. So much so that Congress gets a crash course on crypto. Six chiefs of the, quote, cryptocurrency companies were forced to testify before the House Financial Services Committee uh, about the what they call the booms and busts or the promises and perils of crypto assets. Uh, anyway, kind of interesting. Nancy Pelosi freaking out, calls for an end of cryptocurrency trading. I mean, she's off her rocker, man. Uh, but anyway, the bottom line is she's making tons of money while she's uh, criticizing cryptocurrency as well. I find that fascinating. Fauci, definition of fully vaccinated will be changed. So he continues to move the milestones as they've done with immunity. And now they're doing it with the fully vaccinated term. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, they say Santa received his booster shot. Fauci lies again. Santa didn't get no booster shot, ladies and gentlemen. You want to know why? Well, I won't go into it because kids might be listening. But I'm just telling you, it's a lie. Santa did not get vaccinated, ladies and gentlemen. Santa is unvaccinated. At least at my house he is. I'm telling you that right now. I talked to him. <laughs> Senate votes to reject vaccine mandate, ladies and gentlemen. So three courts and the Senate have now rejected Joe. Whacked out crazy extreme Joe. And the best news is they say lawmakers also kill measure that would have put women in the military and women on the front line and forcing women to register for the draft or register for the, quote, selective service. That's been jettisoned. Thank the heavens for that Christmas present as well. And uh, they say Meta, formerly Facebook, has brilliant suggestion to keep your nude photos offline. Just upload them to them and they'll take care of you. Have you lost your cotton-picking freaking mind? <laughs> They're crazy. But that's what happened last hour on Liberty Roundtable Live. And it gets better this hour because we have two of our favorite friends with us. What are we talking about? Mark J. Victor. Right? Mark and Andy going to be with us in seconds. We're talking about live and let live.org. Yeah, the road to peace, or peace, prosperity, and happiness. Hey, Mark, you with us? I'm here, Sam. A pleasure to be with you. Just uh, FYI, Andy had a what we call a legal emergency and had to attend to that this morning. Well, our prayers are with Andy as he deals with legal emergencies. We don't like those uh, at all, but we know they're necessary, especially for a team of lawyers uh, that are going to stand up for your God-given inalienable rights day in and day out, ladies and gentlemen. It's critical to understand who these people are. These people are attorneys for freedom, as well as involved in the Live and Let Live movement. That's critical to kind of understand, uh, et cetera. But we'll tell Andy, thank you so much for taking care of the legal matters, and welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, Mark. 
Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Sam, and it's great to talk to you again. I've been looking forward to it for uh, quite a while since our last conversation. Wonderful, sir. So there's so much to talk about. It's hard to even know where to start, but let's just start with the Live and Let Live movement. It's really the road to peace, prosperity, and happiness. Uh, you're proposing a blueprint on how to interpret, implement, and enforce the Live and Let Live principle. And you're actually creating a book on it that's coming out in 2022. But in the meantime, uh, you're talking about laying out the intellectual framework and legal principles that really um, can help us transition to a more free society, right? That's right, Sam. I think uh, enough is enough. I think there is good reason to be uh, cranky with the left and cranky with the right. And uh, if you're sitting around and you're interested in freedom and peace, we need to get to the concept that, look, people should be in charge of themselves. They should be, in fact, I like to say the iron-fisted dictators of their own bodies, property, money, and time. And so uh, in order to make that happen, you know, the price of admission here is we've got to agree to let other people live. That's the concept of live Whoa. and let live. I thought my body was only my body if I wanted to murder a child, not if I wanted to live free, sir. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, look, there's always going to be hard Isn't questions. Isn't that an interesting disconnect, though? Isn't that an interesting dichotomy where they pushed for that for literally decades and now they're jettisoning the very point they made? Yeah, I do. I think it's very interesting how, on one hand, the argument is my body, my choice. On the other hand, uh, your body, my choice when, when it comes to the vaccine. So, yeah, we need to have some consistent rules. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. The price of admission here is you got to let other people live their lives in ways that you disagree with, whether they're immoral or unhealthy or unwise. If you're not willing to do that, then you're just like everybody else. You're just seeking to impose your own will on other people. Uh, and so we need to get away from that. We need to say, look, here's how I think is the best to live, but you get to decide how you should live and I get to decide how I should live. And there are legal principles out there in the world that uh, actually could draw the line between these two notions. Wow. Imagine that. It's kind of hard to understand because it's in a way so simple, right? Well, uh, in some ways it's simple. You know, the principle is simple. And I think that's where we need to begin the analysis. Do you agree with the idea of live and let live? Not everybody agrees with that. So we need to settle that first. That needs to be the discussion. Is there a fundamental principle that we can sort of coalesce around for the purpose of achieving a free and peaceful, not just society, but world. If we can get our brains around that principle, then we can reason from there as to every issue. And look, some issues are hard. Uh, the abortion issue is tough. Animal rights can be difficult. What should the, what's the proper age of consent? There are many hard questions out there, but there is a way to deal with this so that we can move society in the world in a direction towards a more free and peaceful society. And we gotta get this done, Sam, because as you know, technology keeps marching forward and smaller and smaller numbers of people can do greater amounts of harm. So the reasonable people of the world, whether they're left of center or whether they're right of center or whether they don't care about the political spectrum at all, the reasonable people of the world need to come together and say enough is enough 
There are some things we've got to agree on, like what we call the live and let live legal principle, which is in essence, don't be an aggressor. If you're an aggressor, we should stop you. That's where we draw the line. And what's an aggressor? Somebody who initiates force uh, against another person or their property, somebody who engages in fraud or coercion or does anything that creates a substantial risk of harm to another person or their property. That's it. Don't do that. If you can refrain from doing that, and you have to refrain from doing that, otherwise you should be breaking the law, get a scrupulously fair trial, and we get to punish you if you do those things. But if you don't do that, do whatever you want to do with your body, property, money, and time. Like that's the very definition of freedom. So if you don't like that, that's fine, but stop referring to yourself as a pro-freedom person because there's just no other way to define what freedom is. Don't hurt me. Don't take my stuff. Do treat me like you would want to be treated. Yeah, in fact, you know, the do treat me like you would want to be treated, you don't even have to do that, right, under the law. You could be a jerk. Uh, you could be uh, closed-minded, unkind, uncivilized, uncaring. Uh, you could be racist. You could be all of these horrible things. You could as be long against as you don't... Christmas. You could do whatever. You could be against or in favor virtually anything so long as you don't violate that legal principle. But... Look, there's a proper way to act while we're on the planet. So we don't stop there with the legal principle. We got to say more. And so we, we're pushing a live and let live moral principle. Yeah, you heard me say it, Sam. We got to say something about morality. Of course, everything we say in this space, you're free to disregard. And so we describe the moral principle in the live and let live movement as simply be a good human. How about that? Be a good human. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you probably didn't have a very good mommy, but you should have some idea what I'm talking about here. And we like to break this down into what we call the aspirational values, like open-mindedness, tolerance, voluntary kindness, civility, building high levels of trust with other human beings, a commitment to justice and truth and facts and rational inferences. And we care about this stuff because our goal in this space is to optimize human happiness while decreasing human suffering. But like I say, Sam, you're free to disregard all of that. You're free to say, Mark, I don't care about being a good human. Uh, I'm a bad human and I don't care about any of that. And to them, I say, fine, just don't violate the legal principle and we will leave you alone. We'll even defend your right to be a peaceful jerk, but you're not part of our movement. If you want to be part of the live and let live movement, we're trying to get to peace. We're trying to say enough with this crazy stuff with racism and, and treating people horribly. We're trying to get past that and say, you know what? We're brothers and sisters. We're on the planet for a short time. Let's embrace each other. Let's celebrate differences and diversity. Let's raise but the it, bar. Let's acknowledge yes. that we're better than that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about a world where competent adults both define and pursue their happiness to create a win-win world where we increase happiness while reducing preventable suffering. Ladies and gentlemen, it's doable. It lays out the intellectual framework to get this done. The legal principles underpinning our transition to a more free and prosperous world, a peaceful world. Could you imagine that? Quick pause, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable 
live. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking to Mark J. Victor, attorney at law, one of the leaders of the free world, ladies and gentlemen, the live and let live principle on tap. We're talking about the world's only real peace movement. Live and let live is the principle. It's also a legal framework and a whole lot more, and I want to dig in with Mark on the details, okay? Because when we first hear about the road to peace, prosperity, and happiness, we go, it's a great intellectual idea. It's really cool. But what about the practicality, ladies and gentlemen? We're proposing a blueprint on how to interpret, implement, and enforce the live and let live principle to peacefully transition in society to a world where competent adults both define and pursue their happiness. Okay, the goal is to create a win-win world where we increase happiness. We do that by reducing preventable suffering. Uh, and you know what? We're talking about laying out the intellectual framework for this and then the legal principles underpinning this transition, this work, this effort to a more free and peaceful world. It's going to take work, and it's very simple. Hey, don't hurt me. Don't take my stuff. That's the simple side of it. The moral framework, though, is, hey, you can be a jerk if you want to. But you know what? We're kind of going beyond that as a people. We're saying we can work together. We can be peaceful. We can not only leave people alone, but we can prosper by fostering this moral framework. Let's start there, Mark. Sam, I love how you say it. You make me want to jump and down, jump up and down and yell and scream and, and put my fist in the air and say, you got it, brother, you got it. 
Uh, but I agree with you. We have to we have to do more than just put you know fun words out there and sort of present what might be otherwise seen as a dream. Uh, we got to actually have practical solutions to real world problems. And uh, look, there's a lot in our legal system right now in the United States that works. We don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. In fact, uh, the con the concepts of separation of powers, great idea. The concepts of federalism, a great idea, where we have sort of this overlapping system between. Uh, the bigger community, which in our case is the country, and the smaller communities, in our case, the states. It's important to do that, right? Because we know and, and uh, or that Mark, power corrupts. Not to interrupt, but and or even furthermore, the counties. Because in my opinion, the counties really where government governs best as it governs closest to the people. You know what? I couldn't agree with you more. And just we could even start there. Let's start with just mention one of the hardest questions there is, which is the abortion question. We've already kind of talked about it. And, uh, you know, people will say to me sometimes, hey, Mark, you know, this live and let live legal principle, don't be an aggressor and all this stuff sounds great. Uh, but how does it apply to the question of abortion? And uh, to be fair about it, this is a very hard question. The reason it's a hard question is because reasonable people don't agree at what point from the moment of conception, let's just say to viability or even past viability, at what point do we say this living entity, this fetus or unborn baby, whatever you want to call it, is entitled to the same protection of the legal principle that everybody else is. Okay, this is a hard question. So what do we do with hard questions in the live and let live movement? We say, look, when you're dealing with a question where reasonable minds working hard, who understand the principle and trying to figure it out in good faith, they disagree. Well, we say this is a great time and place to put this type of a question to the lowest level possible, not just the states, but even to the cities and towns. I think the best way to resolve this question would be to, in a practical sense, overrule Roe versus Wade, because this is a forced one-size-fits-all throughout the entire nation. And people don't understand, this doesn't outlaw abortion. It lets the states decide. And I'm saying, let's let the cities decide. This way, if uh, people in one city feel one way, they can make a rule in their city. And if people in another city feel another way, they could make a different rule. And this is a way to let the market of people figure out where they want to move, right? When the, when the rules are different at the lower levels, it's very easy and a low transaction cost for people to say, look, this rule is not tolerable for me. I'm going to move to the next town. No problem. Keep your same job. You can still live near your family, this, that, and the next thing. It's easy. And if too many people move out of the local community, then maybe the people in that local community will say, you know what? We got a bad rule. And we need to change the rule. And this is a way the market will determine hard questions. And really nobody com can't complain here because at the end of the day, what you're entitled to is not your own personal interpretation of the live and let live legal principle. You're entitled to a reasonable interpretation of the live and let live principle. And this is how we can get past a lot of these difficult issues. Because I think it's, look, it's only civilized and rational of us to say, there are hard questions out there in the world where reasonable minds can disagree. We can either come up with one and impose that interpretation and construction on everybody or say, let's put it at the low level, use market forces, and let's find the best rule that way. And that's the position we take in the Live and Let Live movement because we just got to get past all this infighting about everything where we're not getting anything done and the bad guys and gals of the world can organize 
to frankly do a lot of damage. And we got to get the reasonable people making the rules of the world. One of the things that I really think is critical to understand in this is we teach the kind of moral framework because, you know, legal really should follow the moral framework is kind of the point that I'm driving at, ladies and gentlemen. And when we talk about this, it's an idea the world needs now. But let's put it in kind of, in, in, in my mind, the real world of a moral framework, and then the legal follows the moral. Here it is. Ready? How Ready. does the live and let live movement apply to victimless crimes? Because really what we got to say here is, you know what, if there's no victim, is there a crime? Uh, and, and so you, you got to start there because that really has to do with the let live part of this thing, right? Absolutely. And so we, the way the rule applies to victimless crimes is the same way the rule applies to every issue. The question is always, is somebody violating the live and let live legal principle? And not just a person, right? Any person, any group, any organization, any corporation, any, corporation, any government, any, any entity, government. go on and on, right? Right. Nobody, no group of people and no person gets to violate the live and let live principle, period. We're serious about aggression is wrong. And so the question is always, is somebody violating that rule? If they are, then the answer always will be, let's do everything we can to stop that activity. If they're not, then while we may decide that what they're doing is immoral or unhealthy or unwise, they're not violating the legal principle. And so they are to be left alone. So if you want to talk about victimless crimes, you say, take any of them, for example, gambling. Well, if you're dealing with competent adults and they're voluntarily exchanging uh, money for some bet on some uh, game or something like that, is somebody violating the live and let live rule? Well, is somebody being an aggressor here? Answer, no. Well, therefore, they should be left alone for that reason, because they're not violating the live and let live principle. The same can be said for drugs. Now, I would pause on that and say, look, uh, if you use drugs, you're a competent adult, you're in charge of your body. Putting something in your body doesn't violate the legal principle, so you're absolutely permitted to do that. But if you get in your vehicle and you drive down the road in such a way that you're creating a risk of harm to another person, well, we don't have to put up with that. That violates the rule. So while you have a right to control whatever you put in your body, you do not have a right to then go out into the world and put other people at risk. And we feel just as strongly about both things. Isn't that the reasonable way to resolve this question? I think so. But I'll also add that if one of my friends said, you know, Mark, uh, I decided I'm going to put methamphetamine in my body. Well, I recognize that person's, that competent adult's right to put a horrible, addictive, destructive drug into their body. That doesn't mean that I can't take a position to try to persuade that person from not doing that. I would absolutely try to say, look, you're making a bad decision. I think you would ruin your life, this, that, and the next thing. But at the end of the day, if we want freedom and peace, I cannot impose through the force of law my judgment about what this person does with their body on them. I got to live with that. And that's the price of admission if you want a free society. So some of your listeners are saying, well, I don't like that people might gamble with their money or trade money for sex in the case of prostitution or put something in their body that's unhealthy or unwise and therefore I want to impose my judgments on them through the law. Well, okay, that's fine. 
Understand you're an aggressor. You are not for freedom. You may have good moral views. Look, I agree. Let me say this, Sam, and your listeners will probably fall off their chairs. I agree with many good people on the left, the Bernie Sanders types who say, hey, Mark, there are less fortunate people out there in the world and we should help them. I agree with that. The and only so do place I, by the I way. Dis- Yes, the only sure. place I disagree with them here is these are ethics and moral questions. These are not legal questions. And I am willing to take my morality out of the law to get to freedom and peace. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark J. Victor with me. We're talking about the live and let live principle. It's a moral principle. It's a legal principle. We're talking about attorneysforfreedom.com putting this together, ladies and gentlemen, saying, hey, can we live together peacefully? Well, it all depends on what we're willing to do or not do. Are you into force? I'm not. Quick pause. Mark in seconds on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Nearly 17 years after being sentenced to die, Scott Peterson was resentenced to life without parole Wednesday for murdering his pregnant wife, Lacey, an unborn child. Lacey's mother, Sharon Roca, says she feels grief every day after 19 years. Quote, your evil, self-centered, unforgivable, selfish act ended two beautiful souls. End quote. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows has filed a lawsuit seeking to block the House Select Committee investigating January 6. In his lawsuit, Trump's former Chief of Staff claims that the investigator's subpoenas are overly broad in scope, and it's not his right to override executive privilege as invoked by President Trump. New Zealand officials announced Thursday legislative plans to outlaw smoking by making it illegal to sell or supply tobacco products to the next generation of Kiwis as part of a lifetime ban. USA Radio News. This is sponsored by Bank of America. According to the American Cleaning Institute, 76% of Americans participate in spring cleaning every year. Bank of America preferred rewards executive John Sellers outlines tips and tools that can help you clean up your finances to maximize financial rewards. Spring cleaning is all about hitting the refresh button, and that includes refreshing your spending and finances to maximize rewards. Try to stick with your favorite brands to accumulate maximum benefits through their rewards programs. Additionally, consider consolidating your savings and investment accounts down to one financial institution. This will simplify your banking, and the balance of your consolidated accounts may also qualify you for a program like Bank of America Preferred Rewards. Our Preferred Rewards members enjoy great benefits including credit card rewards bonuses of up to 75%, home and auto loan discounts, no fees on select banking services, and more. And as a member's qualifying balances grow with Bank of America, so does their preferred rewards benefits. For more, visit bankofamerica.com slash preferred rewards. A prosecutor told jurors Wednesday there is overwhelming evidence that Jesse Smollett lied to Chicago police about being the victim of an anti-gay racist hate crime, while a defense attorney called the case a House of Cards built on testimony from two liars. The case is now in the hands of the jury. California could become an abortion sanctuary state. 
State lawmakers may help pay for people from other states to come to California for abortions if the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. A report released Wednesday by dozens of abortion providers and advocacy groups asks state policymakers to pay for things like travel, lodging, and child care for those coming to California from other states. The report also asks lawmakers to reimburse abortion providers for procedures performed for patients who can't afford them. The report also has the support of top legislative leaders and Governor Gavin Newsom. From the USA Radio Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis. USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk radio at your fingertips. Yeah, it's not hard-hitting, ladies and gentlemen, because we're just crazy belligerent. We're not riding out in the streets. It's hard-hitting because you got to put on your thinking cap. And it's hard-hitting because sometimes it's a tough pill to swallow this liberty thing, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to jettison your notions. You've got to jettison your force. You've got to jettison your tyranny leanings. And you've got to stand for live and let live. You've got to stand for the world's only real peace movement. It's a time... For the world to accept an idea like this and say, hey, how does this work, ladies and gentlemen? How do we live and let live? And I want to really dig into this. Ready? Let's dig into this, ladies and gentlemen. I want this is going to rock your world, but I got I to gotta say it. Here it is. Ready? The price we must pay to achieve freedom and peace is that we need to remove even our own moral views from the law. No, that doesn't mean I got to remove them from my own mind, my own heart, my own beliefs, right? But I got to remove them from the law, which really means force. Instead of imposing my morals or our morals, we can, of course, inspire others to act morally. We can encourage them. We can, you know, be kind and long-suffering, patience. And but, ladies and gentlemen, the law should simply prohibit all forms of aggression by all. Did you hear me? All individuals, groups, etc. Uh, you know what? That's the real deal. And that's a really hard thing to understand because a lot of people are like, I'm on board. But then the second they can't in, 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 you know, enforce their morals on me, they go, wait a minute, I'm out. Hold on now. Let's step back. You got to get your arms and mind around this concept. It's not that you're agreeing with people who disagree with your morals. But you can agree to disagree agreeably. And you can say that I'm not going to achieve the ends by force, by law, by government, by mandate. Isn't that an interesting word? I'm going to do it by patience and long-suffering and influence and guidance. And people are going to learn a better way over time. They're going to learn that moral compasses matter. They're going to learn that, you know what, my way may be the best way. But they're going to learn on their own and they're going to come to that knowledge of the truth over time as we show them by example, by word and deed in our public and our private life, a better way, Mark beautifully i uh it's very rare that i'm on a talk show or a tv show or something and, and the person interviewing me really says it more eloquently uh, than i do and uh, so cheers to you you understand it you got your brain around it i love listening to you uh we got to get people involved in this live and let live movement and, and i haven't said it yet but i really urge people if they like what you just said and how can you not uh, go to liveandletlive.org, liveandletlive.org, and at least join the movement. No big deal. Give us your name and your email. 
We want to be able to stay in touch with you. We're organizing all over the world right now. We have about 10 different countries and chapters in Africa. We've got many different chapters throughout different countries in Europe. We have uh, chapters in Canada, states in the United States, uh, Australia, and uh, other places. And, and I don't even remember right now because we're adding so many chapters. People really love live and let live because it's simple, it makes sense, it gets even the hard questions down to the low level, let's resolve them there. And it's, it's the only way, if, if you really want freedom and peace, it's the only way we're ever going to achieve this. So I would urge people, join the movement, blast it out on social media, send it to everybody you know. The movement hasn't even yet kicked off. We're kicking off in March of 2023. We want to rock the world. We want to have a good momentum, a bunch of momentum going. I'll just mention very quickly, I decided to run for United States Senate here in Arizona next year in 2022. And uh, I'm running as a live and let live guy, really simple. A guy that just says, look, enough with the R's and the D's and this and that. Let's just try to live and let live. Let's take our morality out of the law, leaving the, what I call the least common denominator of morality, this rule against aggression, because you know, virtually all moral systems around the world, they agree on one basic premise. Keep your hands to yourself, right? Don't take other people's, like the kindergarten rules. Keep your hands to yourself and don't take the other kids' toys without their permission. We generally agree on this. That's why it's okay to put that into the law because no reasonable person disagrees with a prohibition on aggression. That's the very definition of reasonableness. So Sam, thank you for what you do. I'd ask people who are more motivated, start a chapter. If there's not a chapter in your area, contact us and say, hey, Mark, I want to start a chapter. We'll help you. No big deal. Run a meeting once a month and, and you'll be really very privileged to come to our monthly leaders meeting where you meet people all over the world who are all flashing this Hawaiian shaka, which is the symbol we're using, which is representative of the aloha spirit, which generally means the same thing as live and let live. So does the golden rule. There are many different ways to say the same thing and describe the same Well, that's what it is. Everything you're doing, Sam. Really, I, I appreciate the honor of being on your show today. People are kind of asking some questions here about this that I think is relevant, too. It's one thing to say, I believe in the principle, Sam. I get it. Don't hurt me. Don't take my stuff. Don't hurt other people. Don't take their stuff. Leave them alone. Don't be aggressive. Got it. But in the real world, how does it work then? Hey, does it lead to a bigger or a smaller government? I would say it would lead to a tiny government because all the government really needs to do is honor contracts and get the heck out of the way for the most part. Mark? Yeah, and it's, it's actually an excellent point, and we don't even get into that because we don't have to resolve the question of whether it's a bigger or smaller government. All we say is whatever the government's doing, it shouldn't violate the live and let live legal principle. That's really all we have to say. In fact, we don't have to argue about capitalism or socialism. Yeah, you heard me say it. We, all we care about is, is the legal principle violated? So if you think about that, in a free market, in terms of free market capitalism, where adults are simply trading voluntarily, this doesn't violate the principle. So free market capitalism is in. Crony capitalism, where people give money to politicians to change the law to advantage or disadvantage one corporation over another. Okay, this is coercion. This violates the legal principle. Crony capitalism is out. Socialism, 
look, if, if competent adults want to get together and pool their resources and pay for joint common bills together, have fun. Nothing is violated in terms of the legal principle, no problem. But if they want to drag other people into their financial arrangement and say, look, whether you like it or not, you've got to contribute to this fund and we're paying bills this way or that way, well, that violates the live and let live legal principle. Therefore, voluntary socialism, no problem. Involuntary socialism, absolutely prohibited. It's really simple. We don't have to get into all of these fights. I don't have to talk about economics or curves or anything like that. The only question is, does it violate? Does the conduct violate the live and let live legal principle? And if it does, it's out. And if it doesn't, it's in. And you're right. We could take out of the criminal justice system all victimless crimes. Everything else violates the rule. No problem. We don't have to change anything here. It's really easy. And the same can be said for all of the other areas of law. So yeah, if you're thinking it through, taxes, when you're taking somebody's money without their permission, that violates the legal principle. So taxes are out. That doesn't mean we got to tomorrow abolish all taxation. We got we to gotta evolve into a situation where we have the least amount of upheaval and injustice in the world. We are in a mess as a result of lawmakers violating the live and let live principle. We got to come up with creative, as, as close as we can to approximate a reasonably fair and just transition to a system where we can eventually abolish all taxes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to I want to bring up something that I find fascinating in what Mark said. This is a little bit of an intellectual discussion, ladies and gentlemen. The principle's easy, but when you dig into the semantics of it, it gets it gets complicated unless you put your thinking cap on, unless you jettison a lot of what you previously understood. Because we've been taught that a forced society is a good society, <laughs> and we got to basically unlearn so that we can learn for a second. Okay. Um, I want to explain this very important. He said, hey, we don't have to decide if it's capitalism or socialism. Socialism is fine if it's voluntary socialism. Now, I want to make a, an important distinction here because I think he's right, but I want to make this point. There is no such thing as voluntary socialism. You want to know why? Because if it's voluntary, it's charity. If you want to give to your neighbor, by all means. If you want to create a co-op that just hands out stuff left and right to everybody and their dog, and you want to do it voluntarily, that's charity. So in reality, by really forcing this to the bottom line, there's no such thing as voluntary socialism. It's voluntary charity, and we endorse it. Uh, it becomes socialism when it's by force, right? We're forcing to the lowest common denominator. We're forcing people. Okay, so you got to think about what words and what terms and what force versus agency really means, Mark. It's an excellent point, Sam. Uh, and you know, this gets into how you define things. The word government, uh, the, the word state, uh, the word socialism, these are all, and even the word capitalism, people define these things differently. And so what we're saying is we don't need to get into that and have an argument about that. The only thing we really need to focus on is does the interaction violate the legal principle? If it does, it's out. If it doesn't, it's at least not illegal. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark J. Victor's with me. We're talking about the idea the world needs now. Liveandletlive.org. Final segment in seconds on your radio. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. 
That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. You gotta dig it, ladies and gentlemen. Hard hitting, contemplative talk radio at your fingertips, ladies and gentlemen. You gotta think when you're on this radio program, man. Mark J. Victor with us. The idea the world needs now, what we're talking about is to live and let live moral and legal principle. You wanna learn more about it? Liveandletlive.org. And there are a lot of questions relating to it. Simply, it's we don't need force, we don't need aggressors, okay? You gotta just chill out. You gotta let people do their own thing. You've even got to oftentimes set aside your morals, not personally, not in your own life, not in your own governing values, but in your mandating of the other people agreeing with you on your, quote, version of morality. See, that's the problem in America today is that everybody wants to force their will on another. Uh, but the question becomes, hey, you know what? Is the let live and let live movement, is it going to lead to a bigger or a small government? I submit to you that we don't have to answer that question. It'll just do what it does. People could choose as they will, but I submit to you that by nature it will lead to a small government. A small but very effective, limited government. In fact, you might think Declaration of Independence, by the consent of the governed, do they derive their just, let me say that word again, just power. Because really, um, peaceful behavior is just. It's merciful. It's honest. Okay. Otherwise, it's force. It's not very just. It's abuse. Uh, and so we really got to kind of look at it that way. But a small government would be the result. Why? Because what of the Ten Commandments, ladies and gentlemen, what of the Ten Commandments can you break if you obey this principle? None. Okay, you're not going to be looking at your neighbor's wife. You're not going to be, okay, all these things are going to be changed in your life. You say, well, wait, 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 Sam. What if the neighbor's wife and you decide that you're interested in one another? Well, Sadly, I don't want them to get together, but that is life. 
and people must have their own governing values. That's at the heart of this thing. The Founding Fathers understood this agency principle is at the heart of the whole discussion, Mark. Right about this, and uh, you know, the hard part, because everybody understands that we want other people's morality, the ones, the pieces of morality that we don't agree with. Everybody understands we're trying to get that out of the law, and that's easy. The harder question is our own morality, right? Are you big enough to say, look, I agree with this moral principle, but I, I have to refrain from imposing it on others who don't agree through the law. If they do agree, then let's just get it done. That's why when I say and you say we want to help the poor, let's do it. Let's get together. I, this is why voluntary kindness is one of the aspirational values, because we're trying to get to peace. We're trying to attract reasonable and good people around the world to the Live and Let Live movement. There's nothing we can't do. If we really want to do it, let's get together and get it done. And if people don't want to get it done because they, they don't follow our morality, that's on them. Because the only other choice here, imagine just as a thought experiment, imagine, imagine the, uh, say, very religious Muslim person who says, you know, I've got moral ideas about the world. I think that when women uh, exit a building or something, they should have their head covered. And we call this Sharia law, and we want to put that into the law. The question is, how do we respond to that? The way we respond right now is, uh, sorry, our morality is better than yours. Ours goes into the law and yours doesn't. Well, okay, you can see uh, that this is never going to get us to peace. This this annoys people for good reason. The better answer to this person with this position is, look, uh, maybe it's good morality, maybe it's not. We don't take an official position here, but we take all of our morality out of the law. We do this for a good reason, because we, we find it very valuable and important to get to peace and freedom. And that's the reason all of our morality comes out. We don't have to get into an argument about who's better. In the, in the ethics world, like you say, Sam, these are important views. I'm not suggesting uh, people should be compromising on their own morality. Let's, let's argue about this, but let's do it in the realm of persuasion, not in the realm of coercion. Because really, at the end of the day, when you try to put your own morals into the law, it's sort of a tacit concession that my views aren't good enough to actually convince other people in the realm of persuasion. I don't think that's right. I think that many of these aspirational values we're pushing, I think they are right. And I feel good about pushing them. Uh, people can criticize me because we're pushing open-mindedness or tolerance or voluntary kindness or civility or any of the things we talked about early. No problem. I'm happy to defend those. If those don't resonate with you, then you're probably not a good prospect for somebody to join the world's only real peace movement. I think there's enough people on the planet. And keep in mind, Sam, we don't need everybody. We don't need to get to 100% here. I'm not going to spend my time talking to unreasonable people who say, no, I, I favor aggression against other people. I'm going to move on. I'm going to try to get my third, because if we could get a third, like the American Revolution had, about a third of the people who support this movement, we will absolutely get this done, and we will leave the planet much better than we found it. I think that's the calling of people who join the Live and Let Live movement. Yeah, about 3% led the revolutionary movement. About a third eventually came aboard and went along with and supported uh, the leaders, the 3%, if you will. So we're first looking for the 3%, then we're looking for the 33%. I got a question to kind of put this in perspective for people. Uh, am I going to do better at, as I mentioned this, you know what, your neighbor's wife thing. Am I going to do better at forcing, by so-called the law, them not to commit adultery? 
They're going to commit adultery anyway. Go look at America right now. we got laws against it, and it happens all over the place. Or am I going to do better by teaching you that, you know what, committing adultery is not good. It's against what you promised your spouse, what you promised, you know, uh, depending on your kind of marriage before God or before witnesses or whatever your deal is. Um, you're going to honor your contract by appealing to your moral character more than some, you know, written paragraph in a book somewhere that someone uh, really can't uphold anyway, right? So we're not advocating for adultery, ladies and gentlemen. We're just telling you how's the best way to teach people not to commit adultery, how to not that's take right. property or individuals or behavior that's not uh, good. We're going to do that by teaching principles that last the test of time, Mark. It's all about principles, and just so you know, Sam, we've had two different very religious Christians on our show right now who have both uh, made the case. Well, one of them, Richard Stevens, you could check out our Peace Radicals podcast. You can get that from liveandletlive.org. And if you look for the Richard Stevens episode, he came on and made the case that, look, if you're a Christian, you should be part of the Live and Let Live movement. We have another episode with a Christian pastor who came on and wanted to understand better. You know, we may very well have the very first Live and Let Live Christian church coming up here soon. I'm really hoping for this. And Sam, I, I got something for you here. I want to challenge you in front of your audience and on your live show and say, Sam, you're a reasonable guy and you understand what it is we're talking about. And if you're reasonable and you understand what we're talking about, you should be part of the Live and Let Live movement. You said, and I think you're correct about this, 3% of the people led this American revolution. We need to get our 3%. I want you as part of the 3%. Will you commit to be a leader in the Live and Let Live movement? You're a wonderful spokesman for this movement, and we need you. Let me tell you what I will commit to. I will commit to advocating for these principles, legally and morally. I will commit to educate and inform to the best of my ability. When you say be a leader, I don't know what that means, right? Meaning, well, do I have time to run a chapter? Probably not, because I'm super swamped busy. But I'm willing to support the effort without question. I love it. And you have a, you have a microphone and an audience of reasonable people who value and, freedom. And let me and be peace. very clear, not to interrupt, but let me be very clear. I'm not backing away from this, ladies and gentlemen. What I'm telling you is I don't know what the time requirements are, so I don't know how much time I can commit. But I will commit to the principle, and I will commit to the moral stance, and I will commit to, the, to advancing the idea. I'm not backing away from that. One second, Mark. Sam, if you just simply mentioned it on every show and said, ladies and gentlemen, there's a, the world's only real peace movement. It's called Live and Let Live. I support it. Go to liveandletlive.org. Join the movement. Start a chapter if you got time. Donate money. It's a 501c3. Blast it out on your social media. Let's make this happen. And I, I'd love to have you uh, maybe as a speaker because we're intending to kick this thing off with some conferences around the world. We have different chapters everywhere. Ultimately, we'd like to do a new conference every 30 days in a different country. That's down the road. We're planning an international holiday, a live and let live day. We are going to make this work. This isn't something that people are just goofing off with as a side project. It's a very serious project. Uh, by lots of people around the world who are absolutely committed to make this happen. The website you see now at liveandletlive.org is a temporary website. We're spending money, uh, people are donating money because we want it to be world class. This has to work. There's no other way to do it. And frankly, I don't think I overstate the case to say the very future of humanity 
may depend on our success in this area. Ladies and gentlemen, most people have kind of avoided this, and a lot of people want this to be political. It's not political. This is a moral and a legal point, okay? We're, we're taking politics out of it here. It's not left, right. It's not whatever divide they want to put in place tomorrow. That's a tyranny principle, okay? This is a liberty, liberty principle based on peace. Peace is the hallmark of this discussion to say, let's remain peaceful. Let's jettison that aggression and that force. Uh, and, and so this is not a political discussion uh, and I want people to really understand this. And I know it's hard for a lot of Christians or a lot of people with preconceived ideas to go for this. Now, last question for you before the end of the hour. And we've only got about a minute and a half for it, Mark. So you're going to have to be concise. And, of course, we'll have you back. Um, got it. What is this going to do to the Constitution? How do we have to change the Constitution for the United States to deal with this? Sam, we don't have to change a word. Uh, as you oh, know. Imagine uh, that, people. It's all about interpretation, right? Uh, if we had had a different group of nine up there, you give me the ability to pick the nine on that court, and we'll get exactly what we want. I don't care what the Constitution says. You could give us the Communist Manifesto, and we will interpret that to get to a free society. Look how the Constitution has been interpreted by people who do not have freedom and peace in their mind. They have created an endless source of jurisdiction just through the Commerce Clause alone for the federal government, for Congress to do essentially anything it wants to do. So it's really all about interpretation. We, this is why our stated goal in this movement is simply we got to win more hearts and minds for the live and let live principle. The point, ladies and gentlemen, is the constitutional principles do not violate the live and let live principles. The Communist Manifesto does. And by nature, it will be jettisoned because when you obey the live and let live principles, the Communist Manifesto simply will not apply. It just won't yeah, apply. We, Why? Because all the principles that it advocates for that would violate this principle, this legal framework, would be naturally set aside by peace-loving people everywhere that say, hey, I'm not going to have all these, uh, you know, T inheritance taxes or progressive taxes or all these things because I don't have authority to take from my neighbor. That's force. That's aggression. Okay, that's Sam, real fast. property. I'm not doing that. And people will get it, right? Yeah, quick point real fast. Uh, we are pushing a constitutional amendment to basically force all judges and justices to interpret all words and phrases in the Constitution consistently with the live and let live principle. And that's in my book, and people will find that uh, when the book comes out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Do you listen to the Peace Radicals podcast? If not, why not? It's available everywhere, Apple and just look for it. Peace Radicals podcast. Learn more. Liveandletlive.org. Mark J. Victor, thank you so much, sir. We'll have you back. Thank you, brother. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. You got to live as you peacefully believe others should live. Right? That's how it works. God save the republic.